We'll read together this morning from the Gospel of Luke, from chapter 5, the verses 12 to 26. Reading together then from Luke 5, beginning at verse 12. While he was in one of the cities, there came a man full of leprosy. And when he saw Jesus, he fell on his face and begged him, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. And Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him, saying, I will be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him. And he charged him to tell no one, but go and show yourself to the priest and make an offering for your cleansing, as Moses commanded, for a proof to them. But now, even more, the report about him went abroad, and great crowds gathered to hear him and to be healed of their infirmities. But he would withdraw to desolate places and pray. On one of those days, as he was teaching, Pharisees and teachers of the law were sitting there who had come from every village of Galilee and Judea and from Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was with him to heal. And behold, some men were bringing on a bed a man who was paralyzed. And they were seeking to bring him in and lay him before Jesus. But finding no way to bring him in because of the crowd, they went up on the roof And they let him down with his bed through the tiles into the midst before Jesus. And when he saw their faith, he said, Man, your sins are forgiven you. And the scribes and the Pharisees began to question, saying, Who is this who speaks blasphemies? Who can forgive sin but God alone? When Jesus perceived their thoughts, he answered them, Why do you question in your hearts? Which is easier to say to you? Your sins are forgiven you, or to say, rise and walk, but that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He said to the man who is paralyzed, I say to you, rise, pick up your bed and go home. And immediately he rose up before them and picked up what he had been lying on and went home, glorifying God. And amazement seized them all. And they glorified God and were filled with awe, saying, We have seen extraordinary things today. We'll respond to the reading of God's word with the singing of Psalm 102, stanza 1. The text for this morning's sermon comes to us from Luke 5, the verses 12 to 14, which we read. But I'd like to read them again with you this morning. So we'll read together Luke 5, the verses 12 to 14. And there it says, While he was in one of the cities, there came a man full of leprosy. And when he saw Jesus, he fell on his face and begged him, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. And Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him, saying, I will be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him. And he charged him to tell no one, but go and show yourself to the priests and make an offering for your cleansing as Moses commanded for a proof to them.
Brothers and sisters of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, are there times that you have questions for God? Are there times that you struggle to see His plan for your life? Perhaps times when your situation is so bad and your circumstances so dark that you struggle to see how God could make things right again. Maybe you've had to deal with the unexpected loss of a loved one, or, or maybe you or a loved one has had to, to face an unexpected diagnosis with a serious illness. Well, all of these things are incredibly difficult, and they can cause us to have questions. Well, you can bet that the leper, this man in our passage, that he too is a man who would have had some questions for God. Why me, God? Why this? As the leprosy ate away at his flesh, surely he would have wondered about God's plan for his life. And yet we know, we know from scriptures that God does have a plan. He has a plan for you and a plan for me, and he has a plan for this leper. And in our passage this morning, we'll see that God is going to use the life of this leper in order to bring about a message of comfort and a message of hope. And I summarize this message this morning as follows. Jesus makes the unclean clean. We'll see in the first place the leper's need. In the second place, we'll see Jesus' healing touch. And then finally, we'll see the gospel message. Now, as we begin to examine this account of the leper... It's quite clear that the news about the ministry of Jesus Christ has begun to spread. The authority with which he taught, his ability to do miracles and to cast out demons, all of this has begun to make waves in the surrounding countryside. And we can read about that throughout Luke 4 and Luke 5. There's a growing momentum. There there is a buzz. There is an excitement about the ministry of Jesus Christ. And so people are coming from far and near to see this great prophet, to sit under his teaching, to witness his miracles. And we're told that it's amidst this buzz and this excitement that we encounter this leper. Now Luke doesn't tell us actually a lot about this leper. Doesn't give us his name, doesn't give us the specific geographic location of the miracle. We're simply told that he is a man that comes to Jesus full of leprosy. Now, leprosy, that term's a bit unfamiliar to us today. I mean, for us today, leprosy is a very curable, a very treatable disease. And so for us to grasp, to truly understand the message of this passage, we have to give some thought to what leprosy meant for this man. For the leper. Because during biblical times, leprosy was actually just this this broad term that covered a variety of infectious skin diseases. And the list of these diseases is described in Leviticus 13. And there we have descriptions. But we also have principles on, on how to deal with and how to identify an infectious person. Because regardless of the form in which leprosy presented itself, it it was clear that leprosy was a serious, serious issue. 
Because then it was not curable, not treatable. It was contagious. And so drastic, drastic measures had to be done with someone who was identified as a leper. And we can read about this a little bit at the end of Leviticus 13, from verse 45 and 46, where it says, The person with such an infectious disease must wear torn clothes, let his hair be unkempt, cover the lower part of his face, and cry out, Unclean! Unclean! As long as he has the infection, he remains unclean. He must live alone. He must live outside the camp. It's tough for us today to imagine the severity of such a sentence. Not only is this leper physically afflicted with with this disease, but he's also torn from his family. He's taken from his loved ones, and he has to live alone. He has to live outside the camp. But to be a leper also carried another significant meaning. Because during those times, leprosy was often seen as as being synonymous or almost equal to sin. People saw leprosy as a divine punishment from God on account of sin. And this belief may have arisen from the story of, of Miriam. Miriam, you might remember, was this woman who spoke out against God's servant Moses. And because of that, God struck her with leprosy. And that meant that from society's perspective, when they saw a leper, they saw someone who was not only unclean on the outside, but someone who was unclean on the inside as well. The impact, the social and physical impact of being a leper was tremendous. They were viewed as the lowest of the low, the scum of society. They were outcasts. And that, brothers and sisters, that is the life of this man, this leper. As a leper, he shouldn't have even been allowed to be in the presence of Jesus. And yet we read that he comes before Jesus and he throws himself to the ground and he says, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. It's a remarkable response and there's three things that actually stand out about the response. In the first place, we see that he throws himself to the ground in an act of worship. Now, we don't know at this point exactly who the leper thought Jesus was, but we can tell from his actions that there's this this sense of, of awe and reverence. In the second place, we see that he calls Jesus Lord. Now, it is true that the title Lord can actually have a broad range of meanings. Sometimes it's as simple as Sir. But if we think about that title in connection with his act of falling to the ground in worship, it just highlights this sense of awe that we see in the leper. And then finally, we see that he does not ask Jesus to be healed, but to be made clean. And that last point is significant. It's not a typo. It's not a slip-up on behalf of Luke. Luke was a well-educated man. Very, very literate. He knew that there were words that could have said to heal. And yet he's clear that the leper's request is to be made clean. Why is that? Well, ultimately, 
this leper recognizes that his greatest problem involves far more than his physical affliction. He wants to be made clean, both inside and and out. He wants to be restored, to be returned to the community of God. He wants to be seen as, as being right with God and accepted among his people again. And the leper, he not only recognizes his greatest need, but he has complete confidence that Jesus is able to answer his request. He says, Lord, you can make me clean. Obviously, this leper has, has heard about the ministry of Jesus Christ, of the things that he's done. But what's important to recognize today is that he has not just heard about the ministry of Jesus Christ, but he believes, he believes in the power of Jesus Christ. And that's important for us to dwell on today too when we think about how we come before God with our requests, with our concerns. We need to remember that we are all lepers in the sight of God. We all come before him with lives that are are filled with blemishes and spots. We have hearts that are infected by sin. And yet we need to strive to have the confidence of the leper, recognizing that like him, we too have a desperate need of Jesus' healing touch. And that's something that we'll look at in the second place. As we look at this account this morning, we should recognize that this is about more than just the leper's confidence in Jesus Christ. Because actually his his greater and his more pressing question is actually whether Jesus is willing to heal him. And in Jesus' response, we actually get this powerful and this moving picture of who our Savior is. Verse 13 tells us, Jesus reached out his hand and he touched the man. I am willing, he said, be clean. And immediately, the leprosy left him. Now in this account, we can be prone to kind of glance over the manner of the healing. And that happens sometimes when we read a passage or or a narrative with which we're very, very familiar. We can kind of skim over the words without really latching on to the details. But the details here are important. We read that Jesus reached out his hand and he touched the man. And here we're provided with an image of Jesus Christ in his human nature as one who has deep, deep care for us. He's not indifferent or aloof to the needs of this leper. But as the parallel account in Mark tells us, he is filled with compassion. Jesus was well aware of the Levitical laws that forbade contact with a leper, and yet he reaches out his hand and he touches the man. It's not as if he had to. It's not as if the only way in which Jesus Christ could possibly heal this man involved the use of his hands. He could simply have spoken a word and it would have been done. And yet in his actions we get this picture of his care and his compassion and his concern 
for our human condition. And that's such a great encouragement for us this morning. When we think about those times when we are weighed down by guilt and sin, those times when we're overwhelmed by grief or concern, here we have a picture of Jesus Christ as one who's willing to pick us up, to reach down and to carry us along. It's an amazing image of just who our Savior is. And we should also take some time this morning to stop and to ask ourselves, well, what also is the lesson for us here? And certainly this narrative does provide a challenge for us today to to consider how we deal with the lepers in our society. You know, as we travel the road of life, there's no doubt that we encounter people of all sorts. We encounter people from different races, people from different ethnicities. We encounter people with different educational backgrounds, people with different careers. And we also encounter people who are from the proverbial highways and the byways. All we have to do is to look at their clothes, to look at the way that they act, sometimes to look at where they live, the fact that they don't have a place to live. It's kind of easy for us to look at them and to judge them to be the lepers of our society. And rather than showing the compassion of Jesus Christ, I know that there have been times in my own life that I've kind of been repulsed by them. And I don't think that I'm alone. But our problem with judging people to be lepers, it involves more than just the broader society. Because isn't it true that there are times that we have outcasts here among the people of God? Isn't it true that there are times that we can treat people here in the church of Jesus Christ as lepers? Think about it for a minute. Think about how we can sometimes talk about or treat those who struggle with drug or alcohol abuse. Think about how we can talk about or treat those who've perhaps had an extramarital affair or, or who have had a child out of wedlock. And while we don't like to talk about it a lot in the church today, think about how we can treat, how we can act towards those who struggle with things like homosexuality. Isn't it true that there are times that we have lepers here in the church of Jesus Christ. And we need to ask ourselves this morning, are we showing the compassion of Jesus Christ? Do we love the way that he loved? Are we willing to associate with lepers? Are we willing to roll our sleeves up? Or are we a little bit afraid that perhaps, perhaps we might become unclean? Well, we can be thankful this morning that our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, he's not afraid. He reaches out his hand and he touches the man. And we are told that immediately the leprosy left him. The leper's confidence in Jesus Christ, it has not been misplaced. And we see in that a message of comfort, a message of hope for us. 
Because we have this picture of Jesus Christ and his human nature as one who has care, compassion for us. But we also have a picture of Jesus Christ in his divine nature. As one who has the authority over all things. Luke here gives us an amazing, amazing image of Jesus Christ as one who is not only willing, but who is able to heal and to make clean. And we see in closing that this entire narrative, this entire account is actually used to teach the gospel message. Because it appears at first glance that the story of the leper is basically concluded. I mean, this man has come before Jesus, full of leprosy. He's begged Jesus to make him clean, and Jesus has had compassion on him. Jesus has healed him and made him clean. But in the concluding remarks of our passage, of our text, we see that this is actually about a lot more than just the healing of a leper. Verse 14 reads, Then Jesus ordered him, Don't tell anyone, but go and show yourself to the priests and offer the sacrifices that Moses commanded for your cleansing as a testimony or as a proof to them. Now this is actually quite a difficult verse, but there's three aspects that we should notice today. In the first place, we see that there's this command to be silent. You might ask, why is that? Well, ultimately, it's because Jesus wants the focus to be on his teaching ministry. You have to remember that Jesus was not just an itinerant preacher wandering Galilee as as part of some faith healing crusade. He wasn't just sporadically healing people. No, Jesus was carrying out the mandate that he'd been given by God the Father. He was bringing about the restoration of mankind. Jesus was teaching the people about their need for one who could truly make them clean. His miracles, yes, they proved his authority over the forces of this earth, but they were not the reason which he was sent. And we read about this in Luke 4, when there's this crowd of people that's begging Jesus to stay with them just a little bit longer. And Jesus responds to them and says, I must present the good news of the kingdom of God to the other towns as well, because that is why I was sent. Jesus wanted to have the focus on the message that he was teaching. But there were times that actually his miracles, his ability to cast out demons, that those things actually almost overshadowed his teaching ministry. And so we see Jesus commanding this leper to be silent. Now we also see that he provides this command to go and to show yourself to the priest, to offer the sacrifices that Moses commanded. Again, you might ask, well, why? Well, Jesus here again is showing that he is not some renegade preacher who is undermining the Old Testament laws. At this time in his ministry, Jesus had not yet become the fulfillment of the law. And he recognized that that this was necessary for this man to be restored and to return to the community of God. And so he commands this man to go and to obey. And then finally, we see that 
all of this is used as a, as a testimony or as a proof to them. But to who? Who are the, the them that Jesus is referring to? Well, there's some debate among scholarship on this issue. There are those that argue that it is the people that are described just after our text in verse 15. There are others who argue that it's actually intended to be a message specifically for the priesthood, the religious elite, you might say. And if we look at the larger context of the Gospel of Luke, and if we also consider the next account in the healing of the paralytic, it seems that the stronger case is that this was, in fact, a message for the priesthood, for the religious elite. Because you have to remember that at these times, the healing of the leper, or of a leper, would be a rare, if not an almost unheard of, event. All we have to do is think about the story of Naaman, the Syrian, when he sent to the king of Israel with this request, or more or less a command, to be healed of his leprosy. What does the king of Israel say when he receives this request? He says, am I God? Can I kill and bring back to life? Why does this man send someone to me to be healed of his leprosy? It was clear that to be a leper was essentially a physical and a social death sentence. So you can imagine that when this leper comes, presents himself to the priesthood, tells them about his amazing healing at the hands of Jesus Christ, that this would have been the topic of some conversation. This would have made news. The priesthood, the religious elite, they would have wanted to know more. How did this happen? And ultimately, they would have asked the question, who is Jesus? And we could tell from the subsequent account, the healing of the paralytic, that this this message that Jesus intends to send that it does hit home. It has its desired effect. For if we look at that account, we see that Luke explains for the first time about Pharisees, about experts in the law. He says, Pharisees and teachers of the law had come from every village of Galilee and from Judea and from Jerusalem. The religious elite were gathering to witness this for themselves, to see this prophet, to sit at his feet, to witness his miracles. They wanted to know who is Jesus. And Jesus uses this opportunity, this moment with the religious elite and the priesthood right before him to drive home the gospel message. He shows them that this paralytic's greatest need is not to walk again, but it is to be made clean, to be forgiven of his sins. And in the healing of the leper, and in the healing of this paralytic, Jesus proves that he, he is the one who has the authority to forgive sins, to truly make people clean. And so as we go out this week, we too need to remember that we have a calling We have a calling to bring home the gospel message. We have a calling to answer the question for people about who is Jesus. 
It's a calling that we see described in Philippians 2, where we read, Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from His love, if any common sharing in the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and of one mind. So let us strive to be like Christ. Let us show compassion and mercy both here within our community and also abroad with those that God places on our path. Let us be willing to roll our sleeves up to get our hands dirty so that we can help the orphan, the widow, the needy, and yes, people like the leper. But in the midst of this work, let's not forget to continually remind both ourselves and others of what is actually our greatest need. For the hurts and and the brokenness of this life, they are symptoms and they are effects of a disease known as sin. And the only cure to that disease, brothers and sisters, is through Jesus Christ, the one who is both willing and able to forgive us of our sins. Amen.